Hello, and welcome to Shiva versus the First World. I'm Sheila D. And I am Evo Terra. You're listening to our podcast about the reverse culture shock we experience every day as American citizens returning home after three and a half years living and working overseas. Today, we're going to talk about travel. Yes, I know we've talked a lot about our travels for the better part of four years and now five seasons of our show. But this time, we're taking a broader look at how travel, specifically air travel, works in places like Southeast Asia. Because unless you've experienced it firsthand, you likely have some misconceptions about air travel in developing nations. But before we get into all of that, uh, sorry we skipped a couple of weeks. That might happen again as we get through this holiday period, so your patience is greatly appreciated. If you want to know more about what's happening in our lives that keep us away from the microphone, well, you could always listen to the bonus episodes we put out to our patrons. Those tend to be much more personal as well as time-sensitive, sort of like a director's cut, if you will. And it's only available if you sign up at shivo.wtf patrons. Now, let's get into air travel abroad. We chose to live in Bangkok for a few different reasons. High on that list was the access we'd gained to other parts of the world. Bangkok is a major international hub, and Southeast Asian nations are all geographically close to one another. So in about an hour, you can fly to at least eight different countries. You can be in Japan in four and a half hours. Dubai in six. It's less than seven hours to fly to Australia. And in ten hours, you're in Helsinki, Finland. But it's not just the ideal geography. It's the price. With just one week's notice, you can fly from Bangkok to three different countries for less than $100. For $200, you can travel to eight more. Six more countries are open to you for less than $300. And that's with only seven days advance ticket sales. Of course, there's more to travel than just short flight times and low prices. There's the convenience factor, realities of immigration, and the ever-important issue of safety in the air. And we'll tell you about those and how they changed our Western sensibilities on air travel right after the break. So I want us to look at this topic from a stereotypical lens, my dear. Uh, we think, for example, broadly, that American exceptionalism, that lovely thing that we have in our world, we think that also extends to air travel. That somehow using airlines over there is different. Giant hassles or just even downright dangerous. So did you have that, maybe, or, or maybe some of those assumptions before we, we made our big trip about the American exceptionalism? Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. I remember the one for me that freaked me out was when we told a friend of ours we were flying on, um, what's the Russian airline? Oh, Aeroflot. Aeroflot, right. And they're going, oh my God, 
We get that from two people. Yeah. You're going to have, you know, duct parts, tape holding your wings together. Falling out. There will be wires that are at disattention. <laughs> oh, man. No, no movies, no nothing. Just planned. Just, yeah. yeah. As all, this is Soviet Russian type air travel. Right. 1970s planes. Couldn't be further from the truth. It actually is still one of my favorite flights. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so clearly our, as soon as that happened, we went, oh. Wait a minute. We're not fully understanding what's right. happening here. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. Anyhow, your, your thoughts. Uh, let's talk about convenience. First. Okay. Okay. Um, I I think it's super easy to buy the tickets. Ever so often, there's a an odd little uh, thing that goes on with the credit cards. Okay, um, right, and that makes it a little bit of a hassle. But for the most part, I can buy tickets on my phone. Yeah, and and by odd things, what you mean is your American credit card company flags it as possibly fraudulent right. when you're in another country. Right, America, buying tickets to yet another country. Yeah, that looks a little suspicious since right. most Americans don't leave their homes. <laughs> so <laughs> right. they go overseas. Right. So there's a little bit of that. Not all of the airlines ticket things are, are amazing. Uh, you'll remember my 17 easy steps to do online check-in with right. China Eastern Airlines. <laughs> that's that's a fun blog post, which I'll link to in the show notes right here in your app. So take, take a look at that. Well, and then I also had the... Um, the last, the tickets that I had between Phnom Penh and Siam Reap, mm-hmm. where we didn't actually get a, like normally you get a confirmation and here's your flight and here's your seat numbers. Mm-hmm. N- no, I got a little, um, like I think I had to badger them for a while to go, okay, am, do I really have seats here? <laughs> and and the ticket was only $17, but ended up being, <laughs> wait, it ended up being 100 ah. because of, fees and things like that. I'm like, wait a minute, where what happened to my $17 flight? Yeah. So I think a lot of that has to do with the competition that they face from the super discount airlines. Right. And I don't mean Southwest. I mean like Spirit Air here Ryan. and Ryanair right. and EasyJet and ValueJet and the right. other European uh, discount airlines, which are all universally terrible. Right. You're going to have problems. But it's a, it's a known entity. Yeah. When you get over to Southeast Asia, things are pretty cheap. Right. But they they understand that some of the places also want to offer the super cheap fares. And so right. you'll have a little weirdness. Yeah. So there's a, there's a little bit of challenge getting things, getting there, things checked in. There's some pretty huge airports abroad. Oh, my God. Uh, just the major airport in Bangkok was yeah. like once you got through immigration and TSA – well, not TSA, whatever it is. Their version. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it's a mile and a half to get to your. I think I I think I mapped it out. I think it's about a, a, a kilometer that you it's, walk. It's a long way. From the and time you go through security until you get. If, you're, if your gates are one of the ones at the end and ours are almost always. always one at the end. It's about a kilometer that you walk. Um, or in our case, at one point we ran. Because That's true. we were uh, running late. Savannaboom, there's the name of the airport. Yes. BKK, if you want to call it the yep. short name, is a very large airport. And it's not the only one. Also, I didn't realize that gigantic airports. I, I was expecting like when we fly to the Caribbean. Right. And, and you, you land in that little Quonset hut. Right. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you have to walk down the plane. I was assuming that's what it's going to be like in these places. You know, mm-hmm. a couple of tin shacks, a couple of things here and there. And yes, if you travel to some small island, right. you're not going to be in DFW-sized airports. Right. But when you go to Bangkok, you now think that LAX is a tiny airport. Right. 
oh, <laughs> because they are minor. They're gigantic. Another fun thing from the airports is leaving the airport. So there's landing is fine. Right. But then when you leave the airport, we're used to standard forms of transportation, jump in taxis. And of course, you can get that yep. in Bangkok. Uh, lots of Ubers. Yep. Or used to be Ubers, now they're grabs running around. You can get shuttle buses, you know, all the standard transportation yep. models you get to. Or you could land in some place like Hanoi. Yes. Which or or, or um Kuala Lumpur and other other airports that you get to where taxis aren't really taxis some of the right. time. A taxi could be somebody's private car. Right. It could be a taxi. But but KL wasn't a car. KL was a, um, that was a train that you take in. Um, yeah, you could take a train. Right. Yeah, you can go those. Um, but you know, I'm thinking of when we landed in um, Siam Reap. Siam Reap, for those of yeah. you that are in the state side, right? Yeah. Your taxi is a tuk-tuk. Right. It's <laughs> an, an open air dude on a motorcycle who has a bench across the back of it. That you get Which into. Which is interesting when there's four of us and all of us have luggage. Yes. Right. <laughs> Fly to some of the smaller airports in Vietnam and um, rickshaws. Right. Pick you up. Dudes on bicycles, which will drive you eight kilometers on a bicycle to your hotel while carrying a Coke machine. <laughs> right. So those are those are kind of fun and interesting. But we were mostly flying into the bigger bigger yeah. cities. We would take internal transportation like trains yep. and different things like that yep. to go around. But right. it was it was a lot of fun. And when you get to the airport afterwards, you're you're done, you're the vacation, you just want to get on the plane as quickly as possible. You go look for the curbside check in. There's none. I don't think I ever saw curbside check in at all. I don't think so either. While we were traveling. I don't even think they'd hit it in in Europe. I could be wrong. It's been a couple of years. I don't, I don't remember it. It doesn't I don't, seem. Um, it, so we just came back from Estonia about almost yeah. a year ago. No curbside check And I don't there. remember it there. And you know why I think that is? Why? I think most other people, other than Americans, I'm going to single out us Americans for a moment, know how to pack when they travel. Right. They pack for the travel. They right. don't pack their entire house to go Wardrobe, on a three-day right. vacation with them. Right. So I think that's part of the reason there's no need for a curbside check-in because that's, you've got less luggage with you. That's true because if you if you take a look around, uh, and there's exceptions to this. I mean, you see the families that have like 29 different bags and they're yeah. the huge, great big ones. Right. But the the majority of people are all traveling with carry-ons. Yeah. Little bitty things. Sure. And so, I, I think that's also a holdover from the super cheap airlines that charge money for right. extra baggage. Yeah. So why not learn to travel much, much lighter? I agree. We did. Oh, of course we did. Big time. Now, let's talk about frustrations. We're talking about convenience inside of airports. Let's talk right. about frustrations inside of airports. What What are you most, I have one, but what are you most frustrated by for international airports that you think our American listeners aren't quite ready for? Well, so KL is my least favorite airport ever, 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 yeah. ever. <laughs> and I will do anything possible to avoid that airport. <laughs> Sheila will route us around different countries to not have to go through with, Kuala Lumpur With the possibility of airport. actually missing flights <laughs> because I will not go through that unless terrible. I'm going to KL. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, for them, they had immigration within immigration. Yeah, there's multiple times you have to go through immigration security. It is, it's nuts. There's nothing there. It looks right. abandoned. You can't get, there's no place to get cash. Just, and and everything takes 
what was the the ringgits? Ringgits. Ringgits. So if you didn't have ringgits, you don't eat right. or drink. Right. Which um, is fine if there's an ATM, you can pull ringgits out, but there's right. no ATM down there. But if you're just flying through, you don't want to buy, you don't want to get ringgits. But even if they had an ATM, there would be an option. They don't right. even have that. So yeah, but they is, don't take credit cards. They don't. Do, yeah. But they did have, that I think was the first time we saw um, a place to fill your water bottle. That is true. And that That's was nice. super convenient. That's nice. I yeah. like that. And I'm starting to see those here. Yeah. I don't know if you have just mm-hmm. in your outings, but um, that's super nice. Yeah, filtered water. Right. Which we don't worry about here so much, but you certainly want filtered water in Indonesia. Right. Definitely yes. drink the filtered water. My biggest frustration for traveling to these international airports are the inconsistent way that human beings understand what moving walkways are for. <laughs> you know, it's a it is a moving walk. Way. It is not a moving stand, stand. way. <laughs> My gosh. And it is it is very country specific. Yeah. They people do you and I think it's the same way for escalator traffic. You know, mm-hmm. some people like in, in Canada, people will continue to move up and down the escalators. Right. So I'm told. <laughs> in America, we get on an escalator, we stop. Right. Well, in Southeast Asia and a lot of countries, and especially Thailand, they just they get to the walking sidewalk and they stop. And, and <sighs> for me, I don't I'm not as bothered by that unless they're standing blocking the entire yes. way. Yeah. That's when it's a problem because then nobody can get by. It's like, nope. Well, um, I can get by because I pull out the angry Farang card and <sighs> just start letting them know that I am there. You know I hate that card. Yeah, I know. But if they if they would just get out of my way, honey, you would never have to see it. So whose fault is it really? Anyhow, moving on to that one, you'd brought up immigration <laughs> and how great it is for a Kuala Lumpur. Oh. Overall thoughts on immigration. There's another reality of being an American traveler when you're in Southeast Asia. When you go to these countries, this is not the Schengen area of Europe. Right. You don't get to just walk out of France and just move into Spain. It is not like crossing from Utah into right. Nevada. This is very much a different process because you got to go through immigration. So now our passport books are the size of a small Bible. Well, we did have pages Because added. we doubled them right. up to get we more had pages. To. But so they don't do that anymore, by the way. We have been through a lot of immigration. So let's talk about, I'd like to get your thoughts over, honey, on the, the realities of immigration in third world countries. The worst one is KL. They do not have a good queuing system. Right. They don't have lines set up. And some people like to just push their way through to the front. Not, <laughs> not I'm not pointing not at you. Right. No, you mean um, the French people. Or just that one French lady. <laughs> that one French lady that you probably pissed off. Yeah, it's weird. You know, when you're standing in lines at most of these places, you will see the standard silver towers and blue or red or ribbons yellow. Yeah. or yellow, whatever, that that line up, you know, that we're used to for right. any sort of traffic control of foot traffic. You put these little temporary borders up and people queue up and you line up cattle car yeah. style and do that one. Yeah, not in KL. The, right. It's it's a giant room the size Free of like all. four soccer stadiums yeah. with immigration stands kind of in the middle and the, the mass of humanity just sort of makes its way there. Right. And I don't think that they staff properly. No. And I don't know why, because labor is super cheap in the third world. So I'm not sure why they well, don't do that. Also, it's not like these flights aren't planned. That's true as well. There should be no surprise. Right. Yeah. And that's the, the another reality, not just KL, but this happens in Bangkok all mm-hmm. the time. You will land 
or actually you're either usually it's when you're trying to leave it's not when right. you're landing it's when you're leaving and things are overloaded right there will be three thousand people attempting to get through immigration that has four agents on duty right and I've, n neither of those two numbers are exaggerations. No, <laughs> it's not just, at all. It's insane. And they will come back days later and say, well, we, we didn't realize there are all these flights that were going on. But you, you, you should. It's right. not, I mean, everybody they, who had tickets they knew. pop up in a day. <laughs> right. It's not like the planes decide, that looks nice. Down but there's good. Should we go get those people? They're planned six months in advance, yeah. people. No real surprise. So No real terrible yeah. surprise. Yeah, so immigration... Hit or miss, I think, is the way. Definitely the way to say that. Definitely. one. I, th I think the crazy to tell a specific story. You told the KL story, so I'll tell the uh, Siam Reap the first time that we went. So Siam Reap is not at the biggest airport. That would no. be Phnom Penh. It's a much I, larger airport. I actually, I like Siam Reap. I loved it. It was, it was actually very modern, very yeah. nice. It doesn't get a lot of traffic. Nope. So it's not a very complicated mess to go through their immigration, right. except when the problem with. Getting into Cambodia, you have to have a visa. Yes. You get a visa ahead of time and you get an e-visa ahead of time, right? But we didn't know that the first time we went. Did not know. You learn these things as you go. I knew we needed a visa. I didn't know that we could get an e-visa. Ah, that, that was the difference. I, I, see. I did know we needed a visa. But here's how I understand the process. Mm -hmm. so as, as I remember what happened. So we, we got into the immigration area, which is right. just off the tarmac, walk inside. There are the immigration counters with a gaggle of people around them yep. who are all filling out and turning in their visa applications yes. and their $20 US yes. dollars that it costs. Hey, surprise, all the ATM machines in Cambodia kick out US dollars. Yes, That's weird to get used to. Regardless, we hand our $20, we hand in our visa applications, and then something happens in the background. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes later, your pass your your visa is ready except it's not just your visa is ready it's that everyone's visa is ready and now behind the counter are these cambodian people trying to say out loud <laughs> not with microphones not on a display monitor system behind them but just trying to shout out non-cambodian names that's really funny because there are there were 150 people packed in this area waiting to get there so that they could get, continue the process of getting into the gosh darn country. This is where I was very happy that I had a sticker on the front of my passport. Oh, so you can see when they wave it around. That's ah. why I did that. Got it. Very, very wise of ah, you, my love. Ha -ha. Maybe we, we should do. do that to yours. Maybe. Put a hologram on it. It would be awesome. <laughs> I think we'll just attach a whistle so I can just blow into it and I would hear it. <laughs> Yeah, but that that was a little difficult because none of us could really hear. Mm -mm. And then you can't, you couldn't always tell what the pronunciation was. Right. And so you're standing there going, is that mine? Um, you know, for, at least for you, because right. I could see which one they were waving for sure. me. Right. Or then they um, would look at the picture. Right. And try and find that person in the field. Right. And looking out for um, If it's a bunch of European ancestry people. Uh, this may sound terrible, but we all look alike. I mean, that's just the way it is. I'm so sorry. So that's that's the all right. So that's so that's so that's immigration. How do you how do you feel safe on any of our flights or in any of the airports? Well, you know that's that's also a big a big factor here. You know, as Americans, we have this this uh, expectation that lawlessness and without the really official TSA that you know things are much more uh, roughshod and you could smuggle anything on there. And I have to say that all of that is complete and utter bullshit. I mean, these airports are right. fine. Yeah. They have security. Are they TSA agents? No. 
Nope. But they have all been trained and passed some sort of regulation so that these countries can continue to fly people into America. Right. Which has these hardcore strict regulations. I didn't feel it was any different. I felt it was every bit as rigid x-ray machines, body scanners. Yeah. And in fact, I would say in some places, I think it might have been even more thorough yeah, than we some, get here in Some America. of them are. Um, I actually, I take everything out of my um, camera bag almost every time we they, they force you to take everything yes. out of your camera bag. Yeah. Yeah. They want to check and see what those electronics and components are. Or maybe they just want to admire your lens selection. Maybe. Maybe. Don't know. Um, did you ever fly with chickens? No. There were no times when livestock... I mean, I've watched the Golden Child, I don't know, 20, 30 times. <laughs> and I've flown into those areas, but I uh, didn't see any real livestock. Yeah. Not even... I mean, I see more dogs on planes in America... Right. Than I do overseas. So, no, here, here's the thing, people. Their planes don't fall out of the sky. Right. They are well-maintained. They are fully functioning, good quality, high-end Boeing-made, Airbus-made, right. the exact same things that you are flying on here in the States. They fly on those They're as well. you're used to. The, the interior was amazing. It's super clean. Very clean. Their staff, the airlines, the, the, the flight attendants impeccable right speak excellent english no matter where we were or and we're multiple going to. languages typically right because they have to speak the language of the country they're originating from right they have to speak the language they are going to and, and they speak english, english. and right. probably 19 other things because right. they're that stinking talented yeah the the flu the the flu um <laughs> you, I, we didn't get the flu once we were there <laughs> the uh the crew is really well trained we have some friends that are uh, well, uh, Ming, mm -hmm. I'm going to call him out, is uh, he's flight crew yeah. and um, is training to be a pilot now. And you know why that is? Why? Is because Ming is beautiful and oh. everybody on the flight crew for all of these places were all the best looking specimens. Oh. All of yeah. them. Yeah. All of them. There were no trolls. <laughs> it's amazing. Okay. We may need to, to cut that out of our show. <laughs> Look, <laughs> you know, we have some trolls in America. And they sometimes are in the flight crew. You, I'm not calling anybody out because I don't know anybody should, by name. But I'm just stop. saying, they're all gorgeous you people. Stop. They're all gorgeous you people. You should stop. Let's talk about the food. <laughs> Ooh, the food. Yeah. The food is really good. You know how terrible your <laughs> airport food is the last time you flew from LA to Chicago or something like that? You bitched about the food nonstop? I understand. You should not do that anymore. You should fly internationally because the food is typically, not always, but typically okay. pretty amazing. And, and you actually have started ordering the vegetarian i will get the vegetarian i will get the hindu i will do some other weird because they that that tends to be specific to the area mm -hmm. highly specialized and i think much more better prepared than the standard salisbury steak which you get if you don't order that well i don't think that they're mass prepared like i mean they're still mass prepared sure. but they're not as mass prepared right. as those general yeah maybe meals. i don't know I don't know. I mean, they they do a lot of prepackaged foods. Right. Like if you're traveling in the morning, you know, sometimes you'll get like a, a plastic muffin. wrapped muffin or things right. like that. Or uh, even for lunchtime, you'll get sandwiches, but they're odd sandwiches, right? Mm -hmm. The sandwiches always have the edges trimmed off and they're perfectly neat and they've got weird things right. inside of them. But it's fantastic. I mean, you, yeah, you have to, you're eating local. Right. But you're not eating super local. Right. Like if you're on a Thai flight. They're not making the food pet mac, which means very hot. <laughs> it is it is designed. They don't know where somebody is from. Mm -hmm. So they're using a pretty approachable 
food process. Yep. And so you're not if you fly Korean Airlines, you're going to get kimchi, but it's going to be a very little Wild. bit of kimchi. Light. And it's not going to be super stinky kimchi the way I like it. You know, <laughs> it's going to be pretty but enjoy it. You you will yeah. like you may not recognize it. You may yep. not recognize it. And if you have food allergies, definitely let them know, but I can almost promise you that if if you're traveling overseas because you want to, you're going to enjoy the food on your airplane. When when we flew from I think it was Hong Kong to Hanoi, mm-hmm. which is not a long flight. Mm, a couple hours, maybe, maybe. Yeah. yeah. They fed us twice. <laughs> well, sure. Why'd you not? You, mean, you, you never know. You mind the eat again. So. Right. I mean, they, they really do feed you and they feed you well. Yeah. You don't need, you don't need to bring snacks on the plane. Chances no. are you will be, you will be fat and sassy by the time you're done. Well, you're sassy. What? You just called me fat? <laughs> I did not. Terrible. Sassy. I just called you sassy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So let's judge the American stereotypes about air travel with non-Western airlines or to non-Western countries. Is this something you embrace about the first world? Are you embarrassed as a member of Western civilization? Or is that stereotyping so bad it makes you want to escape back to a developing nation? Look, we're wrong. We're just flat out wrong. Those stereotypes are completely yes. inaccurate. And if you've only ever flown puddle jumpers to the Caribbean and you think that's what it's like everywhere else, you are wrong. It is an embarrassment that more people from America specifically right. don't travel out to other non-Western civilization places. And if you do it, you will certainly break that stereotype. It's 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 very different, but it's also very, very safe. People just just go through and and do it. I I'm embarrassed and I would I would really like to escape back. You can't pick so two. That I, can tra- I just did. <laughs> <laughs> but wait a minute, you want to escape back? Fine, let's go. My job can, goes with me anywhere. Can can we take that little girl with no, us? No, I don't I think they call that kidnapping. <laughs> I think that's no, a major, that's a major can't no-no. Go then. Hey, remember back at the top of the show when we mentioned our bonus content that we only make available to our patrons? Well, we just recorded something all about Halloween, oh. something we hadn't done in a long time because we were traveling. And if you want to hear that, you have to become a patron. You have to become a patron. Go to shivo.wtf slash patrons and sign up. It's like a buck. It's super fast, super evo, super evo, and super easy, too. <laughs> Shivo.wtf slash patrons. Don't forget that some patrons are eligible for special gifts. We've sent handwritten postcards, care packages from abroad, and, of course, the special exclusive patron-only content Evo just mentioned. Dozens of listeners, just like you, think this show is worth a couple of bucks a month. If you agree... Get on the list at shivo.wtf slash patrons today. Thanks to all the amazing flight crews of all the airlines we've traveled around the world with. Somehow, their smile never falters when dealing with idiot tourists who don't understand the culture, don't speak the language, and always try to cram too much in the overhead bins. And I'm not necessarily talking about me. And thank you for listening to Shivo versus the First World. For more episodes and easy ways to listen each week, just go to shivo.wtf slash podcast. Neither of us are hard to find on all of the relevant social media. I'm Sheila D. And I am Evo Terra. We'll be back next week, maybe, with another adjustment to your first world problems. Cheers! Cheers!